Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Today is Thursday, June 8th, 2023. Welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. There we go, applause. It's, uh, it's June. We are in summer movie season. And I know another person that loves summer movie season. That's our the, one of the biggest film gurus I know, Mr. Victor. Welcome. Hey, guys. What's going on? I'm very excited to get back into, of course, summer movies. And I'm excited because there's going to be a lot of blockbusters, a lot of hits. Everywhere you see them, they're going to be hitting everywhere. And I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, and uh, producer Paul's in the house, too. He'll be joining us yes. momentarily. He's rocking the production booth right now. Uh, if you are tuning in live, we are live on GFBS social media platforms like Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble. Uh, we want to hear what you guys have to say in the live chat. Uh, just feel free to shoot us your questions or comments. Got a favorite movie you're looking forward to? We're going to be reviewing Across the Spider-Verse later today and also a throwback movie a little later on today. We want to hear what you guys have to say. And... There may be some sneaky, awesome, goody prizes for participating in the live chat. All kinds of good options available. And like we mentioned, uh, I think last week, uh, this is officially, uh, or two weeks ago, we recorded our, on our new schedule on Thursdays mm. till like the end of summer, a little bit past summer. We're going to be trying this out till like mid-late September. Uh, every other Thursday at 1 o'clock, here's when we're going live. So uh, just just for throughout the summer, we got some other things going on right now to where this works out best for recording wise. And I think last week was like our first week in a while where there was no new big screens, so it felt a little different, didn't it, Victor? Yeah, it did a little bit. I was kind of wondering, so I was like, hopefully, because I, I know you guys were talking about uh, hosting and doing the voice work for, of course, the races. So yep. I was I was kind of a little shocked, but at the same time, I was like, well, Dale's got stuff to do, so we understand. So. Try, try and do my best to make make time to get knock out as many things as possible i like like no rest for the wicked as as the old adage says very true but uh paul's in the house here what's up paul how's it going paul not too much i gotta get victor's light off of my face though i I can't see anything (laughs) oh yep yep yeah, absolutely. So uh, I figured we kick things off today for our discussion segment. I know after we our last show two weeks ago, Victor, mm. we we're kind of taking a look on the computer on the computer, like, oh, more about the summer blockbuster movie season is shaping up. Like, what, what are the big marquee releases and the order they're coming out? Mm. And uh, so I thought we just kind of do thirty to sixty seconds on each of these movies, rapid fire for the big blockbuster summer movie uh, schedule here. So. Uh, I guess, you know, before we... Well, yeah, let's do this. We'll do this real quick, then we'll jump into our first ad. So let's knock this out here. Um, first movie coming out. Uh, we'll, we'll be mentioning it. Uh, we could probably talk about it more here later, but maybe just real quick, one one or two thoughts on Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I know yeah. that that's opening tomorrow or technically late tonight if you catch the early night showing. So... Victor, previews for this have you thinking this will be a rebound because it's no longer Michael Bay directing, right? Yeah, he's not. He does no inclinations with any of the Transformers franchise besides his own. So yeah, this is just going to be awesome. I really can't wait to go back to, of course, uh, Cybertron and actually seeing the real uh, Unicron. Uh, actually eat plants, so I'm very excited for that. That's what they're going with this one? Yeah, they're actually putting Unicron in there, which I was really excited about. And this is actually the real Unicron from the original uh, animated movie. I, I wish I had like the budget to make a Transformers movie, mm. because I would do it so much better than they do. Mm. You know, 
And by the way, this is much better. I can actually see now. <laughs> we give you applause for that. There Ooh. you go. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. one of the big things that really uh, upset me about Transformers, mm. and I think I've probably said this on previous episodes, but there's no reason for it to be like so complicated for them to transform. Mm. Mm. I mean, why can't they just, you know, do the arms out and, and mm. roll up? Right. They got to make use of that like $500 million budget. <laughs> yeah, I plus, guess. Plus I, think, plus, I think it's Michael Bay. It's just absolute action and you know it was this more is about a michael the, bay no, one again? no no it wasn't oh, okay. like but, but the, the ones that we're, i was talking about was these these are not like so bumblebee and this one they're not have any they have no connection with michael bay thank the, god the other ones the other ones were about the thing that bothered me like you if i had a budget to make a transformer movie i would do it so much better than michael bay but i do appreciate his action niche in there but the only thing i didn't appreciate in his movies were just the pointless there, there didn't need to be reverse shots. There didn't need to be. You didn't need to show the American flag a hundred million times. We get it. We love America. Um, you didn't need to talk about humans. It was about transformers. The title is in the movie, ladies and gentlemen. And if I have to say it one more time, it's not about humans. It's about them. So, so this is directed by Stephen Capel, and yes. he he directed Creed Two, yes. The Land, A Different Tree. So yeah, yeah well, we'll see how it goes, but. You know, I mean, if you even look at Transformers, the movie, the animated one, mm. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. You literally don't have to change anything. You just yeah. make it live action. Mm. You just take the special effects and then make it and take it from cartoon form. Yeah. And make it into 3D yeah. uh, animation form yeah. with real people. Yeah. But you don't even have to waver from it at all. You can just literally take it mm. scene by scene by scene. Mm. Like, it's easy. All right, so so knowing them, (laughs) I'm sure we could go about it for a while here. But this is our rapid fire movie summer movie preview. So about 30 to 60 seconds each. Next up, we got the Pixar animated movie Elemental, opening June 16th. As far as Pixar movies, is this one making much noise on your guys's radar at all? I mean, I've I've seen a lot of previews for it, and to, to give you the truth, ladies and gentlemen, when you promote a movie so much. It, it it's not going to do very well if you keep promoting it like over promotion yeah you you're over promoting it way too much and as we all know disney's getting pretty desperate so this one doesn't look as much of an eye catching as a narrative compared to other pixar's it's not that it's not good it's just it to me i feel like it doesn't relate and and this is kids movies so kids movies they're just for kids they're not for adults or anything like that you I know mean, some I'm pixar sure, movies sure. do have that crossover appeal i'm a big sucker for the toy story movies yeah those those are wonderful those are you know for adults and children because they relate to them this does this this just is a pixar any... movie mostly aimed at kids yeah like this isn't really relating to them like monsters incorporated and all those ones that they did back in the day those were just beautifully done and i feel like they were trying ever since that whole scandal with john lasseter and them that's why they've been falling short in their department recently so i mean i'm sure they'll do very well with this one but i i mean we'll see all right also opening june 16th victor i know you've mentioned this a lot you've alluded to it the Flash, yeah. the big alternate dimension, universe-spanning, uh, time-jumping, mixing in all kinds of DC heroes. Michael Keaton, Batman. I can't wait. Hogs, later, you guys for this one. I'm not going to lie. I think it looks pretty badass. I, I'm yeah. ready. I'm yeah. ready to see Michael yeah. Keaton kick ass. So. I mean, even the chick Superman, I was like, okay, I still looks pretty badass from yeah. the, the, you know, the trailers that right? I've seen. So. <laughs> I just can't. I, I was just like Ezra Miller when he just took off the sheets and saw the original Batmobile. I was like, "Oh, let's go!" Oh, and did you see it? I, oh, I, I, I called it. I called it uh, uh, like three months ago when they 
when we were talking about them releasing mm-hmm. this. I even, Michael Keaton said, much, much you like wanna, Paul. Yeah. You want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. Yeah. I even called it, uh, much like Paul, I did call it as well. When the first teaser came out, I knew that cowl when it came into the shot, literally, and it was in the shadows, and I was like, that's Michael Keaton's, that's Michael Keaton's cowl. And I was like, you better bet your ass that that is his cowl. And I knew it from the moment I saw, I was like, he's coming back. He's coming back. I and, knew he was going to come yeah, back. For, especially that <laughs> thing. Oh, wait, no, wait, I'm sorry. It's, we, you want to get nuts. Nuts. Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. Yes. Iconic <laughs> throwback lines. I know, Victor, for being someone who donned the Batman cowl for two whole episodes here in the past, and, and then at Comic-Con last year, yes. I know you're especially looking forward to it. So oh, I'm ready. Next one, June 23rd, new Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid City. Yes. I am excited. Whether that will be in the theater, that remains to be seen. I, I love Wes Anderson movies. I always love his collaborations with Bill Murray and Jason Schwartzman. And, and he gets a loaded lineup, as always, yes. too. Yes, and he well, cause he works with Will, uh, Owen Wilson and the Wilson brothers a lot, so which is hilarious. He just has everyone back. I think Steve Carell's in it, too, and a yep. bunch of other big names. Yep, Steve Carell, of course, you know, uh, the great Willem Dafoe is also in it. And I think this is like where it takes place in like the 50s, and like a big, there's like a big, uh, I don't know, was it like an asteroid? Well, they call it Asteroid City. It all yeah. ties in. There's like a big diabolical event about to happen and how it all transpires from there. Think about like how back in the day, like area 51 was basically a big thing. This is basically like that. And it's exploring a lot of like alien invasion and how it goes. So it's like, Oh no. And then if, if you know, Wes Anderson movies, like before I even knew this movie was announced, I saw the the trailer for it. And within 10 seconds, you know, his style of uh, cinematography. I'm like, this is a Wes Anderson movie. And sure enough, you know, the very, very intentional, deliberate shots, the close-ups of just random inanimate mm. objects like only Wes Anderson can capture. So, Not to mention his, his use of panning. Yeah, his use of panning too. is so beautifully done. All right, next up, June 30th, Indiana Jones hell and yeah. the Dial of Destiny. Hell yeah, I'm ready. Part of me wants to go hell yeah, but there's already been early screener reviews. People who do not know the meaning of NDAs, uh, are saying this movie is kind of... Is this one that they've been promoting? I thought that was already out. No, it's June 30th. They've been doing early screeners already. The one with Harrison Ford, right? Yeah. The new one? Because they, they, oh, they, they'll yeah, take a that, film. I thought yeah. it was already out. No, they'll, they'll take a film and put it all around the world. And then, of course, they'll put it to us finally when they're all done saying, oh, this is great. Oh, this is Or occasionally great. there may be some more like really marquee movies that have international releases. And they'll roll them out in some international markets like maybe a week or two earlier. Which, it, which I will say, screw those people. Those people know nothing. You can't tell me that you, if you're that age at that time, you can come back after so many years, replay the character you played back in the 70s. Late 80s and still be a badass. I like to see you people do that because Harrison Ford has done that many, many times over and he's still a badass. Just incredible. Even if it ends up being like a a wonderful discombobulated disaster of like yeah right moments like we all know uh crystal skull had its couple of moments of those but you know i'm I'm just in it for the ride and if it's even like halfway good i'll be happy with it shout out Uh, to steven spielberg for uh, getting his blessings yes all right next up july 14th mission impossible dead reckoning part one tom cruise keeps keeps rolling with the punches on these just larger than life i will do these stunts type of movies say what you will about that man but that man 
that man, you can't kill him. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't kill him. He'll do it because he's that crazy enough to do it. The man literally, and I saw this in the preview. I know you all did too. He literally jumped using a, a, a motocross motorcycle, literally off a hill, jump off the dang motorcycle, and literally just skydiving, saying, like, I don't fear death. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking Tom Cruise, man. I'm mm-hmm. freaking Tom Cruise, man. I don't know if you've seen the... Uh Ben Stiller doing impersonations of yes. him, but that is hilarious. <laughs> ben Stiller just nails it. I love Ben Stiller. <laughs> All right, next up we have the, the maybe not for kids, despite the name Barbie. July twenty first, Margot Robbie, the big, real, real ambitious take on capturing this. Uh, I'm excited. Iconic American brand. There's nobody I would cast better than Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Anybody who's anybody would know that's perfect casting in a nutshell. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you on that. I don't know. I would have gone with Paris Hilton. No. God, no. I was like, <laughs> say, God, no. I, I'm trying to remember. What, is this supposed to be rated PG-13 or R? They said it was PG-13, but um, they said it was supposed to be rated R. I know the previews made me think that they, they, they want to go real edgy with this. So well, I was like, if, whoa. If you actually take the... Uh, uh, measurements mm. of barbie uh margot robbie i think she would have to be what was it like eight three almost eight three yeah, yeah. <laughs> D- because because of the heels and she's usually just no because the, the barbie doll has like the legs are so incredibly yeah. like stretched long compared yeah. to like normal people well and the fact that she's standing on like like even the doll her itself is standing on her hind legs like this yeah. the entire time so i'm like I don't know how you could do that through the entire shoot. Plus, fun fact, really quick, is that she wasn't even supposed to be Barbie. Amy Schumer was supposed to be that. Oh, gross. I don't know about that. No, she was. Amy Schumer was supposed to be Barbie, but because... No, I mean, as far as, like, agreeing with that casting. Oh, well, I mean, I'm the same way. I don't think... The only reason they did that was because of body positivity and all that other crap. But otherwise, yeah, everyone was like, yeah, Margot Robbie No, I'm not saying that to take a slate at Amy Schumer, but as far as, you know, it's like when you think, you know, when what the... Oh, the hell with Amy Schumer. She sucks. (laughs) Right on. She can... She can just go away. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Oppenheimer uh, or Oppenheimer, excuse me, in theaters July twenty first. A Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. His take on the creation of the atomic bomb. Yes. So I I love big big fan of Christopher Nolan movies. Same. Probably one of my top three directors, and I'll go see anything that guy makes. So I'm there. I'm very happy for him that he just canceled his relationship with Warner Brothers because they did him so dirty. I thought they already uh, made a movie like this, and wasn't it? Uh, are you fat, think- fat boy and uh, skinny boy or something? And it was about the creation of the two atom bombs. Yeah. It, was that the name of the movie, Fat Boy and Skinny Boy? Yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll, to, I'll, try, to, I'll yeah. try to look it up now. I'm, I guess I'm just completely drawing blank. Victor, does yeah. that ring a bell? No. no. I mean, a, I actually have heard of the name. But it's, a, the, it's like an, it's an 80s movie. 80s I'm, film? 80s take? I actually have heard, I heard of the name, but the only weird thing is because there are so many movies about the atomic bomb. Doctor Strange Love is one of them. And, oh, right, of course. And, of course, there's uh, anything about pretty much World War II or even World Wars in general about the atomic bomb and how much it was pretty much a destructive force that could destroy right. everything. So. Well, while you guys look that up, I'll just jump to our next one. I'll just give a quick mention of this. I was trying to bring but it up before, the, before the show here, and this, I had no idea about this. On I was looking on this yep. guide. Uh, sorry, I hate to cut you off. Fat man and little boy. Fat I did. Man. I knew. I yep. knew the name of it. Yeah, that was a uh, nineteen eighty something. Nineteen eighty nine. 
And it is with Paul Newman, John Cusack, yeah. Dwight Schultz. Yeah. Um, so okay. huge cast. This is a great movie. Yeah. Great movie. I've, I was about I, to actually, say, now I mean, that I bring it up, I'm going to watch this again. John when, C. McGinley. I mean, when you when you said Paul Newman, I was like, yeah, I, I knew that name sounded familiar. May I have to have to watch that for maybe like a future flashback review or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember one part of this movie that was like, I think probably the most impactful part of it, mm. and he talks about. Um, like the creation of the atomic bomb, and he uses uh, the example of like putting uh, like a firecracker or a bomb in an orange, mm. and he says, you know, you hold it in your hand and it blows up. Mm. But if you hold it in your hand and your hands are containing it, yeah, it blows your hands completely off. Yes, it does. And so that they use that analogy to break down the atom, mm. and then saying instead of things just blowing out, mm. let's have it. And explode in, mm. and that's how they created the atomic bomb. Okay, yeah, that, that's. that's a, I'll yeah. have to look that one up. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's interesting because uh, I could probably find it on my Netflix DVD subscription, but that's only active for like I think until end of September. So I got I got a, lim- a limited window. <laughs> oh yeah, they're canceling that, aren't they? Yeah, end of September it, it wraps up, but I'm, it's probably on a streaming service somewhere too. But uh, all right, just a couple quick ones to mention. Oh, I'll, I'll skip this uh, real quick. Uh, Netflix exclusive. They cloned Tyrone, Jamie Foxx, uh, leading uh, a, a group of people on a trail of a big falling big government conspiracy. Just kind of loosely heard about it. I, I saw it on this guy saying they only recommended one Netflix exclusive movie this summer, and that was the one, so that's why I included it on the list. I was unfamiliar with it. Victor, you said you didn't hear too much about it either. I only knew Jamie Foxx was doing another movie before he got, before, of course, at his hospital, like, hospitalization when he got out of the hospital, so he said he was going to do another movie. Then the big Disney animated movie of the summer, Haunted Mansion in theaters oh, July 28th. I was about to say, yeah, uh, that, no, that's, uh, <laughs> Haunted Mansions, that's the live action. That's not it. Oh, not, oh, okay, excuse me, sorry. Whoops. Just, I, I, I was so misinformed. You know. Yeah, so why don't you fill us in about Haunted Mansion, Victor? So uh, the, the, uh, there is another Haunted Mansion. Of course, Eddie Murphy was the star of it at first. And then, of course, uh, this one stars Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, and Danny DeVito. And, of course, it's going back to the original Haunted Mansion and seeing the conspiracy of all the ghosts who live there. As, as we all know, Ghosts have unfinished business, and until they're done with their unfinished business, they are going to stay right where they are until they figure it out, and then they can go back to their happy. Uh, actually, sounds lives. like actually pretty. Got, looking forward to this one. I love I, I I love Owen Wilson, and I love Rosario Dawson and Danny DeVito. Like this is a very interesting cast, and I know that they're going to kill it just because. I mean, they've they did so well with each other in many other movies that they've been in. I can name a lot, but of course, we're doing sixty seconds. Yes. So, last one on the list here, August 25th. I guess this is actually a Netflix film, too. Lift, but it's, it sounds like, just from the synopsis, it's Fast and the Furious on a plane. Like, leading a big heist on a plane. You know, do, that's kind of a gimmick some movies have done over the years. You know, Snakes on a Plane. There's a movie uh. with Adam Copeland, like another heist on a plane. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, pretty weird. Have you guys seen, heard anything about this one? Nope. N- no. Nope. So it's, like I said, Netflix is getting desperate there, so you might wanna might so, wanna pick it up there. <laughs> well, every now and again they'll do some of these big like triple A blockbuster films on Netflix, like action films, like 
they got Michael Bay to do, what was it Triple Frontier? I think that was a couple years back. They did. And some, I, some I mixed results. Say, I was about to say, are you talking about the one with, because he did one with Ryan Reynolds in them, but otherwise, yeah, that was probably the last oh, one. Oh, yeah, was it Red? I think that was another one with The Rock, right? No, uh, and Gal Gadot. I'm probably getting it mixed up, the title mixed yeah, up. There For was, some reason, I'm thinking it's called Red. No, there was, no. A, there was a different, uh, but I know which one you're talking about. That was, yeah, with Dwayne Johnson. Like a big uh, treasure hunt? Yeah, so it was, it was an art it was an art heist kind of movie, so, but it was very good, very good. All right, so yeah, that wraps up our summer movie uh, preview there. So, uh, and what better way to go to the movies than getting some snacks and treats? And what best place to get some treats than our friends from Oh for Heaven's Cakes, where there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods, and that's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes come in. Uh, they have the best cupcakes for special occasions or just a treat. I know I'm probably going to make my weekly uh, sojourner over there right after the show. Uh, Victor, have you made it there recently? Had any good, good highlights from the last week or two? Um, from the cookie that I had, like, uh, of course, on the video game show that I was on, which I was very appreciative. Put you in a cookie there. coma. Yeah, I loved it so much, and uh, hopefully they, they only make it once a year, and hopefully they can do it again, and I can just be in that coma yet again again because it was just phenomenally amazing so all right so yeah if if you're a business owner and want to treat your employees to some great deals you gotta check out their monthly employee discounts they're located on the north back side of the grand cities mall open tuesday through friday from 10 to 4 and on saturdays from 9 to noon you can call them up 701-757-2253 or email oh for heaven's cakes at yahoo.com be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins that's oh for heaven's cakes in the grand cities mall and if you're looking for a cake job well, for Heaven's Cakes, they're hiring. Make sure to stop on in there for employment opportunities. All right, so time for a big featured review of the show. I know, Victor, you're stoked for this. Yes. Paul, yes. I know you said you haven't had a chance to see it, but I know you've been looking up and looking into this film. We're talking about it a little bit before the show here, too. So we're t- we are talking about the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So, or I guess maybe more to more colloquially, uh, we'll refer to it as Spider-Verse 2. <laughs> so, or Across the Spider-Verse, whatever works for you. So, Victor, you want to set us up for the, for in case people have missed much about this movie, the basic just the synopsis for Spider-Verse 2. Okay, so this goes... So this... We're getting into this, like, really head-on. So this is where we go with Miles Morales. He then goes... Basically, his life is in shambles. And it's really, really crazy, considering that he himself is just... His his life is in shambles, and he meets Gwen, and uh, it's just hard to explain because I can't get, well, get into so synopsis. I do got a, a little quick little maybe one you, from yeah, IMDb maybe you here. can because I don't want to because if I, I tell, I can probably give oh, no, a lot. I, I, thought, I, I know your love for comics, so I just thought I'd throw it to you there. But no, what I got here from IMDb for their synopsis is Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence, and when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat. Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. I mean, I could get like because the only reason I don't I can't explain it is because of course the comic book like yes, I can explain it in the comic book way, but see that's the thing about the movie. You could go into the weeds and it'll yeah, be like And yeah. that's and that's why I'm like that's why you know oh, no. IMDb helps oh, yeah. a lot. So. I always have it there as a nice little safeguard there, but uh and, you know, it's interesting this movie and, starts off we probably is, And to be fair, the comic book is not giving anything away. It's a comic book first, not a movie, so just to tell you <laughs> yeah so this this 
if people miss the first one, highly recommend the first one. It's just uh, we, we talked about it on the last few shows. It's just a, it sets a whole new bar for animation, CG animation. It has that watercolor uh, slash kind of like kaleidoscope. All mm. all these art styles meshed into one, and it just it just blew me away. Like it's so hard. There's many times I caught myself just taking in the art going and into go, a seizure. Yeah, and being told that too. No, not pretty much. Not really, but like you know, trying to take in the art ball. Like, wow, they're doing this, and this this is bleeding. Like the like, you can see the watercolors and like the like kind of like pastel arts is kind of like bleeding in the background. Like they're like freshly applied a little too much, but you know, it looks great. It it just kind of the way it just all kind of gels together just makes it look fantastic. Uh, Victor, what did you just think of the art? So really quickly, because um, you know, I I went to school for art, and exactly what you're talking about. I'm excited to see this because. Yeah, I mean, this does a really good job with pastels. Yeah. It's almost like this uh, was done with um, not not like uh, an oil-based like crayon, mm. but they have charcoals mm. that are kind of oil-based. And yeah. it, it almost gives you that impression because you get that kind of, like you said, that like bleeding effect. Mm. Yeah. With it. And I think, it's, I think it's brilliant how they did it. Very much so. And, the, and then there's parts where it looks like some of your, uh, you know, your regulars, when it's focusing on certain characters, they'll focus more on like your more cleaner CG, you know, modern Disney Pixar type of CG animation, but only in limited bites. And then in other parts where they'll get, like we see in the poster there for people watching the video, where they kind of got this more watercolory or pastel-y or, or this hybrid of all these styles. Victor, what stood out to you the most about the animation in the sequel? Just that they wanted to make it a comic book and that they respected the medium itself was that it is a comic book and you're watching a comic book on screen. So every time you see Miles swing from building to building, every time you see him beat a bad guy up, an instant when you see him, like his eyes dropping when he fell in the first one, that's like literally like that's comic book at its very best. They did this with, you know, the first and the second one is respectively and they're going to do it with Ninja Turtles as well. So this is, this is beautiful in itself. Um, art, they took art to a whole new level in this movie. So, I, don't, I mean, man. There's been other movies in the past that have experimented with similar, like, you know, really different off-the-beaten-path type of art styles than your, your traditional hand-drawn or CG Disney-style, mm. uh, DreamWorks-style animation. Like, I'm thinking of A Scanner Darkly from about, like, 15 years yeah. ago. Uh, but, like, it, did, it just didn't catch on. It seemed like the first breakthrough success to the mainstream were these Spider-Verse movies. Yeah. So I'm hoping this inspires and we see more and more movies. Maybe not exactly like this, but inspired by this. Yeah. Mm. But uh, I, I guess to throw it back to the main core of the movie, uh, I don't want to get into too big spoilers in, like, the back half, but, like, maybe, like, the first third of the movie, it, it starts off, it's actually all about Gwen Stacy yes. and her Spider-Woman persona. Yes. So how, how did you like that, the movie starting off focusing on Gwen Stacy for like the first like 10, 15 minutes or so? I loved it just because a lot of people did not know she's a part of a band. And she that, that was her universe where she was a part of a band and her, her father is a pretty... Pretty, he's a pretty big cop, uh, and, yeah, and she, is, she doesn't respect his authority considering she's a mask. He's almost like a Lou Ferrigno Hulk type. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the funny thing about it is I like the, the rebelliousness of it, like just the fact that she, she, she wasn't – she is a vigilante and he's a cop, and the fact that that mixed so well, like they don't know what each other does. Like she, of course, knows what her father does, but she doesn't know – he doesn't know what her, his daughter does. And so, like, you can see in the movie, like, she's just swinging and doing all these amazing things. And, of course, she's, like – she feels 
inner turmoil that the fact that her father's a cop and she's and he sees all the like the things that she's doing and he's like i'm gonna bring you in i'm gonna bring you down and it's just like man you know i, I still gotta be spider gwen but at the same time i mean my dad that's my dad he's you know he's the only yeah. family i got so, so they have this big conflict and at the end of that like for 10 15 minutes and it leads to gwen stacy joining uh, this group of spider people in this alternate dimension, time hopping across alternate dimensions. So we get this, and that kind of segues to where we, to jumping to Miles' yes. uh, part of the story here. Yeah. And where Miles is at, you know, it's like a couple of years later from Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. So how do you like how Miles is now a few years later in, in, in this movie? I like that they continued on with Miles. Miles was always, I always loved Miles when I first met him in, of course, the Ultimate Universe. And for those of you who did not know in the comic book, Peter had died at the hands of the Green Goblin, and there was a huge Spider-Man hole left in New York. And so when Miles took up the mantle of Spider-Man, it, it was just like doing Peter's story all over again, except for this was someone different who didn't know or didn't come to terms with being Spider-Man just yet. So he is still growing as a Spider-Man in his own way. And he, and I love in the first one how Peter was teaching him, like, this is a difficult job, but at the same time, I know he's got the stuff to do it. And he pretty much in this movie proves that he is that Spider-Man in this universe. And he does a great job at it. So, I mean, this yeah, movie and, proves it. And that's so. like a wonderful segue into like where the movie goes next because it's it's... You know, Miles wants to join. He he is very very like just you can see he's just uh, he's got he's got the you know uh, just he's super attracted to this group of spider people. He mm. wants to join it. He wants to abandon it. And but you know, Gwen and the spider people are like, no, you got to stay behind. You're yeah. not meant to leave. Mm. And you kind of get you know they kind of introduced it into the Avengers, the last pair of Avengers movie where you know all the time travel with the dimension hopping and they're trying to establish that every Spider-Man in each uh, different time dimension or each universe has to have their moment of loss. You know yeah. whether it's an Uncle Ben passing or a Gwen Stacy passing, mm. and you know you can't disrupt the time dimensions, but. You know, we got to have conflict. So we get Miles Morales going against the better, the better good picture. And he jumps into the Spider-Verse and he screws up all the time bubble, all the and, you know, he tries to save someone. But, you know, he wasn't supposed to save someone. You know, you get the butterfly effect. And yeah. so that kind of introduces all the time traveling, all the time dimension hopping. I know in the first movie, that was kind of like my only major qualm with it was it got to be a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Probably while also being distracted by the just stellar artwork mm. <laughs> but uh I, I felt it was a little better to keep tabs on everything going on here a, a couple of parts where i was like all right which dimension are we in who's dead now who's not because that's the other thing too i mean this is more of a nitpick not a big gripe it's like you know characters that may or may not have died in the first movie are all of a sudden back in action because hey in this dimension they're alive and well mm. and so all of a sudden it made their loss from the previous film seem like nothing so and you definitely get a lot of that going on am, am i over exaggerating it a little bit victor no, or do you think no. am, am, am i is there am i on the right track no it when i watch this movie and i i wish it just it's like when i was watching the movie it it, it kind of did like break my heart a little bit just because it broke my heart a lot i should say just because I wish Stan Lee was alive to see his create him and uh, Steve Dicko's creation come to life. I know he was alive still when Spider-Man uh, No Way Home was, was going on at that time. But at the same time, I think he would have been just as proud as this movie because 
I loved what he said about Spider-Man when he first created him was that anyone can do it. Anyone can be Spider-Man. Um, the only problem about being Spider-Man is that, like Spider-Ham had told Miles in the first one. Spider-Ham, that's right. Yeah, oh, that, my God. The, uh, who was always played by the always hilarious John Mulaney. Um, he had said, you know, that's the thing about this job, Miles, is you can't save everybody. And... I love when he said that because he did have to learn that. But at the same time, when you see this movie, you'll see that he's like, everyone has tried to tell me how I can write my story, how this doesn't work and how this is not going to be possible. Like, I'm Spider-Man. I am this Spider-Man. And I will tell you how my story will continue. So I know that... He said it like as he said it best. This this is a great movie, and I and I I know you guys will enjoy this because man, the only thing I didn't the, it's not a big nit gripe or whatever. The only thing was the audio, uh, which I didn't some, understand. Some audio leveling. There was a yeah, couple parts where I was like, I can't make out what they're saying. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't, was maybe the cinemas? Maybe their mix no, was maybe and, a little off. No, or? they had done that. I felt they'd done that just because I'm like, are you trying to be a Christopher Nolan? I was going to say, are you like, thinking maybe t- like Tenet? There's a lots of parts through Tenet yeah. where you can't really hear what's going on and i think that was yeah so like <laughs> the thing about sound and they had and i know christopher nolan talked a lot about this where sound is a big thing in movies and when you have so much sound and it is annoying you have so much everything is going on like here and there and everywhere you don't need to have that much sound in your movie if you need you can have it for dialogue yes if it's important moments but when you he wants you to hear action so when you hear an explosion and something going off in the background he wants you to fully hear everyone getting like hands blowing off and heads going on and stuff happening and bam that's yes. what he wants you to have see like here but with dialogue it's it's few and far so between you so. actually bring up something that really really drives me nuts mm. so i don't have like the new atmos speaker system mm. but i do have a 7.1 surround sound yeah. you know kind of theater system and there are so many movies mm. and it, it drives me absolutely up the wall mm. That it's so loud, yeah. but you can't hear them talk. Yeah. And so then you turn the volume up when like there's not things going on to be able to hear them talk. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's an action scene. And then you get, you know, my wife from upstairs saying, turn it down. Yeah. And it's like, well, I just turned it up to hear what they were saying. Yeah. And now I got to turn it down because it's an action scene. So yeah. I'm constantly playing with the remote trying to like. I've been to yeah, buddies watching movies yeah. where they go through the same thing where it's like, oh, yep, here's, it's, here's a talkie part, crank it up. Here's an action part, crank it down. Yeah, and they it, can't, they can't find an, that balance. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so annoying. It's an intentional thing just because, like I said, di- dialogue goes back and forth. And because they, and I don't know why they keep doing this. When there needs to be, and I'm going to tell this to all of you because you, this is an important thing in cinema. When you do dialogue, Dialogue is very important, just as everything else in a movie is important. And when you do dialogue, don't cheapen your power, like your powerful moments. If there are conflict between two characters and there's an underscore underneath it, please don't cheapen your scene with underscoring. If there's a silent moment between two characters and it's intense, let that intensity rise. Do not undercut it because I hate when they do this. They undercut it with music and if the music happens, like if it's a strong score, that's fine. But then when you, you undercut it, it just it cuts the tension and it doesn't make yeah. it as so, Sometimes real. silence is better. Yeah, like silence needs to happen because it gives it tension like if two people are eyeing each other and they're just 
get heated and something big is going to happen, let that scene carry on because I promise you, you'll get more reward from a silent moment than you will when you undercut it with a score. Yeah. And right. also well, uh, with the, the uh, going back to the uh, audio pa- aspect of it too, it's not just my speaker system. Like I have literally jacked my center channel yeah. to top volume yeah. and it, it still has the same effect yeah. it, it, as it's that you can't even adjust your speakers yeah. to try to, to balance this out. It's, it's in the movie itself. Yeah. You can't fix it. Yeah. And yeah. they, and they want to make sure that you hear nothing but explosion. Only a little time you'll hear what they're saying. And Christopher Nolan has done this cause he's very well, well tenet, known for it. Prime example. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, and Michael Bay has done that too somewhat, but not as big as Christopher. Well, you know, Nolan. Michael Bay, you got to get the helicopter. Whoop, whoop, yeah. whoop, <laughs> That's whoop, all you'll whoop, hear. Every Michael Bay movie. <laughs> it's like a William scream for him. Um, I get. I guess I'll, Victor get, gave his final thoughts on yeah. Across the Spider Verse. I'll give mine. Uh, I really definitely liked it way more than the first one. Way easier, not easier, but a big improvement for me to keep my head wrapped around all the time dimension yeah. hopping. It gets to be a lot. There's a ton of Easter eggs uh, that, like, I, I was looking up an article. I linked it in in, in, in the notes here. I get maybe before to you guys if you want just to try and catch. There's so many blink and miss it cameos from yeah. all the other Spider People, yeah. which is a whole other podcast. And I didn't get a chance. We even get a chance to t- touch on how Miguel from Spider-Man 2099 or how the main villain in the movie Spots in- is introduced in the film. But we'll just leave that for people to experience themselves in the theaters. I'll just say yeah. I loved how they were both mixed into the film great ways to mix a new take on a bad guy and getting the 2099 universe mixed in into the actual movies i thought that was great i thought they absolutely nailed it i did not like the cliffhanger ending yeah uh, that that's, that's worth that's mentioning why, that's but, why uh, i didn't I, want to I, say i will anything. say i will say they 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 already officially announced the next movie as you know across the spider-verse part two yeah so this is beyond yeah. the spider-verse so i will say the cliffhanger ending isn't as poor as poorly done as it was in Fast X. I thought it was definitely better than how they handled it in Fast X, but a cliffhanger ending is still a cliffhanger ending. I just hope it's not another five years between Spider, uh, Spider-Verse movies, but they already tentatively announced it's, the next one's supposed to come out this March, so not even a full probably, year. They, they shouldn't be doing teaser things like that mm. unless the movies are already in production. Well, they're going to do that because they, they know. No, I that mean, fi- no, I, no, I mean, like, literally, like, they have this movie, mm. the other one, is already and they yeah. know about it. Yeah. done like the Lord well, of the Rings well, movies they, yeah. or the and that's, Matrix and, two and three is yeah. another good example. Yeah, yeah. and so in, and I know what Paul is talking about, and I and I've done that the same way when I said they shouldn't do it unless it's already in production. They've done this with The Walking Dead. They've done this with Game of Thrones. They even did it with Shameless as well on television. So I mean, they're they're getting ready for everybody to be a part of it. So like, you'll see a certain person who you'll see in Spider Man No Way Home and Spider Man Homecoming. So just to tell you that the person you'll see in Spider-Man Homecoming will get his own live-action depiction yeah. of movies. So. But Victor, did you know... I know you're way more plugged into this. Did they say there was supposed to be a Spider-Verse 3 before the launch date of, of Spider-Verse 2? There was or, did suppo- they keep, or did they keep that under wraps? There were supposed to be. It was supposed... So when they, but, did but, no, no, when they did No Way Home, it was supposed to... They were already planning a bunch of movies after because they were so yeah. under wraps that when they were... Oh, no, saying, I, I get all about keeping... But I just want to know, did, was there an official announcement that there was already a Spider-Verse 3 in the works so people... did had an idea to know that they were getting yeah. a cliffhanger ending going into the launch day of yeah. Spider-Verse they, weekend. They, they knew what they were doing. And they made so. a big public announcement yeah. about it. I guess I didn't they, catch it. They so. didn't make a public announcement about it, but what they I did saw it, was... I was like, oh, that, that was, it was such a buzzkill to such a really otherwise great movie. Well, so what they did was they didn't make a public announcement about it. What they did was 
like what you see in the movie at the ending. So you'll see that, yes, it's beyond the Spider-Verse, and they will touch on more important things in you know, later times. Oh, they're yeah. working on the under, they're working on other ones, but they're working on the third one right yeah. now. So yeah, I know they announced it after, after the movie came out on opening launch day. I saw after it looked up on the news, like, I think I saw it on a Saturday, looked up Saturday night, like, Oh yeah, they, you know, Spider-Verse three coming next year. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But when was the date? Oh, this was just like the other day. And I didn't have a chance to cross check and see if, do they announce this weeks or months before? But, uh, well, that's cause they were working on live action ones later yeah. cause they were going to, do but, that yeah. one after that, so that's why. But, yeah, tomato, tomato. We need to move on here. So, Victor, I know we, we're kind of running a little longer than usual. So, I don't, I don't, I know you said you got a lot of Marvel DC comic news. If you by any chance can rapid fire it, so I know you said there's a lot going on, but if you could possibly rapid fire it, I would appreciate it. The only thing about uh, what's going on now is movies are coming out like crazy. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of celebration for Marvel's like. 80th year um so which is really crazy because 80 years my gosh um like i said there's a lot but uh, of course like i'll speed through it like i've always done so i mean it's it's just been going nuts like movies have been coming out left and right uh of course james gunn doing his thing at dc uh which has been going really really well i really can't wait to see what his vision goes beyond what the capability of this is um hbo max uh or just max now yeah it's now officially max as of like a week or two ago which which is really ridiculous yes agreed like, like really guys um so they have now announced that they're doing uh, an animated show which was uh, of course Creature Commandos um, and that will be coming out very very soon um, next year um, and then of course the uh, the rest of the Marvel news which was uh, uh, which is a big one for because for Dale uh, being a much like myself being a huge Punisher fan a lot of people are not liking what uh, of course Mr. Aaron uh has been doing with Punisher lately. Um, if you all haven't been caught up to speed, Mr. Punisher has been brought back, uh, though he's not dead. Uh, but the, he, the hand is, yeah. So mm. what happened was to give a quick synopsis, the hand, which is still considered one of the most dangerous organizations in Marvel had hired the Punisher to kill all their enemies. They gave him supernatural powers, which was, uh, dictated by their, the hands leader, the beast. And of course they had tricked him, uh, and they gave him at his Achilles heel to bring back his wife and, uh, to weaken him. So he is enjoying his wife's resurrection. Um, but they're just slowly pulling at this man because what, what, what do you do with a man who has nothing left to lose? You bring back his wife. And so of course, he's yeah. not really there are, happy there are strings attached yeah and the the sucky thing is is that he is turned into a you know as yep. they say a simp so yeah i've been sucky I, I've, I've been catching up on the, the last few issues i'm behind i'm still behind a couple issues but did you see the picture of the one i, I sent you that i read uh, last yes. week here yeah. where it was like a prequel yeah that's some good stuff huh? yeah but uh but yeah that's been that's been going on and uh otherwise the the only thing is is that they have been talking about uh this joker movie which is really crazy because uh miss uh sequel to the last one yeah, so the, this this is the second sequel to uh, the first Joker movie, and Miss Lady Gaga will be playing Harley Quinn. Uh, now they have not confirmed nor deny that it is a musical. Um, I hope it is not, but wow. I mean, for Lady Gaga doing as incredible as she did in uh, the remake of A Star Is Born, I wouldn't doubt that that woman would belt out some bangers. So I mean, well, that's I'm, an ambitious take. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm really excited to see where they take that direction in and how 
toxic both of these incredible actors can really oh, be towards as, as weird as she is she can sing yes I'll, she I'll can give her that she oh, you know, you know dc sing. you know for these dc films for better or worse they take some big swings sometimes yeah. they really knock it out of the park i love the first joker movie yeah. other times where it's like yeah that that was a miss guys yeah. sorry but uh like, yeah, at like least they the take, batman yeah no i don't know <laughs> i don't think it was that bad it was not that bad it was not that bad. <laughs> Wait, I, I, th- I thought you were referring to something else here, but you, you always find a way to sneak in that little j- jab on our big disagreement, Paul. The Batman is exquisite. It is great. I'm, I'm glad you agree that being a great top 10 movie of the year from last year. But, uh, Victor, anything else before we move on? Um, no, that's pretty much it. All right. Besides uh, the jab. Well, we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about coming up on the show. We're going to be reviewing a throwback movie called Savage from a few years ago. Looking forward to talk about it. Before we do, we're going to hear from our friends at Churchill Shoes. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right, we are back. Big shout out to our friends at Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. Next up here, we're going to be talking about, Paul, you brought this up about a little over a week ago. We Every now and then we'll re- kind of revisit a movie from the past, either from a few years ago or even like a few decades ago. But uh, Savage from 2019, uh, directed by Sam Kelly. What, what kind of, I think you said you kind of ran across this on cable, if I remember right? Yeah, no, or, uh, no or so just... I, I purchased this and it was in my library of movies that I own. Mm. And I was going through and i mean i constantly like when i'm folding laundry or something i put yeah. on another marvel movie mm. you know just kind of background and yeah. i just saw this one and i was like i remember this being really good uh-huh. and i watched it again and i was just like this is like a movie that should have got way more recognition than i think it did uh-huh. and, and i think it's probably more of kind of an indie film uh, yeah, it is. but yeah. The, yeah, I don't remember much buzz about it when it first hit. Well, and I think it was filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, it's, I don't even think it's, I don't think it's even an American movie. Yeah, it's a it's a totally New Zealand production because man, I gotta tell you, there's a lot and of it great takes films. place in New Zealand too. I yeah, think, right. Yeah. There's a lot of great films, ladies and gentlemen, that has been made in New Zealand and the Commission of New Zealand are so great films. There. I will say uh, when, when you brought this up, Paul, to uh, for a recommendation to watch, I looked it up on the streaming services and it's available to watch for free on Tubi. So yes. people People want to watch us uh, and join in the discussion with us here. Uh, yeah, Tubi is where you can go to watch it. So yes, it the is. synopsis I see for this is it's inspired by true stories of New Zealand street gangs across 30 years. Savage follows Danny at three defining moments in his life as he grows from a boy into the violent enforcer of a gang. So this was based off a true story? Yeah. I didn't even know that. But, I mean, you can even see uh, oh, I guess the pro- right there. Yeah, um, progression the, of age. The progression of age. And th- this is the thing that was so powerful about this movie is mm-hmm. that, you know, you see this, you know, huge, like big biker gang guy yeah. with, you know, his tattoo across his face. Yeah. And I mean, and people see this a lot, you yeah. know, but behind every 
super badass person like yeah. that, they're was still a child. Yeah. And so they did such a good job of showing like his innocence and yeah. up to where he became mm. to who he is. Yeah. And then him I mean, I don't like want to ruin the movie, but mm. him coming back to his innocence, mm. you know, after like realizing like wow, I mean what a tough life I've had yeah. and just finally having acceptance and yeah. just trying to not have that personality anymore i yeah. mean does that make sense no it's, it, it, it i mean this movie will seriously bring a tear to your eye yeah it's it's, it's so well done yeah because on um there's a scene actually in the first part of the movie and you'll see it um which really got me about his character they were in the they were in the house uh which is his friend's house and they were having a party and this girl um that usually are as they are called in gangs old ladies um, she comes there in the bedroom together, and of course she's trying to be intimate with him. And she, of course, tries to take control, but he tries to do it back. And the more he pushes her, the more she's trying to be gentle with him. And then every time she tries to be gentle with him, he gets more savage, and he just just closes up just immediately and just like says back off. And so he then leaves the room, and you can just see how angry he is, but he's also not angry. He's angry more at himself than he is at what it just occurred because he's like, someone's showing me kindness. I don't, I don't, what is that? What is, what, what is kindness? I don't know what that is. Body language is imperative yeah. in this movie. And I, and I love what they do with that scene. And that just immediately, I was like, I was already hooked from the beginning of this movie, but when they showed that, I was like, I loved it. Yeah. They did so good. I mean, you, you can even see it again in the, the uh, photo of the uh, front of the cover of this movie. It, I mean, I can see it because I've seen the movie, but when you look at him as the adult yeah. and he's got that tattoo yeah. across his face, this guy does such a good job with his eyes yeah. because of that tattoo. Yeah. You can see that he's not a badass. He's yeah. he's sad. Yeah. I mean, he puts he's up really, that front, but yeah. you know, he, he has moments of vulnerable vulnerability. Vulnerability. For the day, folks. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he had a, a really tough upbringing yeah. as a child and, and, it, and it made him so angry yeah but that anger consumed him yeah and and he just like he didn't he doesn't know what to do with it and yeah. at the end i mean like at the end of the movie i'm not going to ruin yeah. it but yeah. it's, it's oh, i i just this movie just i mean it just really hit me yeah you know i'm gonna say because yeah, like, paul even mentioned when we talked about this He's like, did it bring it to you? I'm like, I'm not going to lie, it did. <laughs> because it, it, it makes you, when you watch this movie, and there's a lot of indie movies, and I love indie productions, but this one, this one was more, this one was more impactful in a way because, like, like Paul said, when you watch his life, you see him in his, you see it through the 60s and 70s and 80s, and now in the 90s, almost throughout, because this is 89 that he's an adult now. So this is late 80s. So when you see him as an adult and how, how much impactful his life is, because you'll see when he went, because you'll see in the movie, there's a boy's home he went to for troubled youth. And my gosh. Yeah, yeah they, they, there are some dark, gritty moments. <laughs> yeah, in there. yeah. Like I said, you just need to watch it because, oh my Lord, it, like I said, when you see, like I said, when we talked about audio and movies, when a silent moment hits you, it really expresses. And you'll see a scene in that movie that will express a lot of dark, 
Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they didn't have to inject music or yeah. anything. They yeah. just, yeah, they it's, used yeah. the song. You know, yeah. spe- I know I was mentioning, you know, body language being huge in this film. So is just the the dark, gritty nature of the of the decor. And yeah. whoever was in charge of the of the sets, yeah. the set design did a fantastic job of, you know, a lot of dark, gritty clubs or or just like their hangouts, yeah. just where they are, little bonfires going out, barrels. Like you could just tell it just helps uh, flourish just the main overall message and theme for this movie that you're in for a very dark, just dark tone, dark nature story yeah you're totally right i mean is this actor was phenomenal yeah i mean even the way he carried himself yeah and the, the main adult version yeah, yeah. i got this jake ryan yeah. yeah i mean this guy he, fantastic actor yeah. for this movie because he just he showed no fear he just did what he did and he just carried himself he reminded me of charlie hunnam when he did sons of anarchy just absolute badassery gave no fucks and he just did what he had to do i also love his friendships with the the gang members around him and you'll also see this his little uh, protege that he has and you can see in the movie that this boy wants to be like him, but he's so, trying so hard to tell him, don't do what I do. Well, I don't I, want you to do what I do. You know, I've, I've been around a lot of, you know, gangster mm. people, bikers, mm. all that kind of stuff. And the thing that is, I, I thought that was just so great about this movie is that after seeing this, you can look. I mean, even though these people are still dangerous, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah, like, don't around it. Yeah, don't but, get twisted. <laughs> but yeah, don't get it twisted. Exactly. But behind all of them is still a little boy. Yeah, everyone still has a soft spot. Yeah. yeah. No, everybody started out innocent yeah. as a little boy. They yeah. just life made them into where they are now. Yeah. And this job, this movie does such a good job of showing yeah. that. Yeah. Great and way of sh- developing characters. And then, you know, you mentioned three different parts, three different eras of where that you can see, like, like you mentioned in the film poster, and they don't necessarily go in chronological order. It mostly does, but they do occasionally jump to like, you know, the middle, like teenage version of the kid or like uh, that little, or the part where he's in the boarding school, that yeah, part, it kind of jumps around, but I thought that kind of helps flesh out makes when they do reveal big plot points, it makes uh, the, them jumping out of order just a little bit. It, it makes it more, more powerful when you find out those major moments happen. Well, well it has really does have yeah. a lot of um, psychological aspects yeah. to it too. I mean, because right in the beginning of the the movie, you know, he's a little boy, yeah. and his father, who is an alcoholic and yeah. beats his kid, he's going after his daughter, and yeah. he jumps over his daughter to protect her yeah. as a little boy. Yeah, but but then as a teenager, you can see how he gets persuaded yeah. by uh, uh, other teenagers influencing him yeah. to do... And, I mean, this this happens everywhere. I mean, you can see it in high schools yeah. all over the place. I mean, so even though he's, like, such a strong-willed person, yeah. well, now that strong will got redirected yeah. because he got persuaded mm. to try to be in with a, a family that he never had. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, you see this all the time in this. I just thought that was such a good well, movie. Well, and I love the the aspect of like in his and they do do it in chron- kind of chronological order because, like I said, they start from the '60s and then this is in his formative years when he's a child, and then at, through his boarding school years and throughout in his teenage years when he's on the streets, and then that's when he meets this kid, and of course 
you'll also see in the movie the way that he connects with all these kids. Like, you can see all these kids. It reminded me a lot of, um, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where you see all these kids who have been abandoned by all these adults and who were spit upon and disenfranchised, and they found connection within each other because there are gangs out there. Like, even the skinheads, for example, uh, these remind me a lot of the skinheads because skinheads were not racist. For all of you who do not know, these guys are not, like, they weren't racist. They were just used looking looking for a way to lash out in no, a way like no, skinheads are fucking racist well they, they are they, they, they <laughs> sorry, are they, sorry, they, they are they are they are now but they didn't start out that way the first time they were they were young youths at that time trying to like rebel and say you know screw you man like this is our revolution now when nazism the, the white guy telling the black guy yeah. that skinheads are racist no that no is, but that's probably no, the funniest I'm, thing on any episode no we've but ever had. no but i'm saying like that those guys were not they were not racist at the time like you you would think that at the first time, like, yeah, now they are. Now they are now. Of course, you see them, but like... Big clarification. There, but, there was, but there was a guy There was a guy who was a part of the skinheads, of course, a long time ago. He even said that, yeah, we weren't... They were not racist at the at when they first began. They were youths who were angry young men who were trying to start a revolution in a way. Now, when... Those Nazis, those ra- those guys who were racist, they got to these kids. Then they convinced them to be that way. Now, now you see that way. And yes, it is funny a white guy trying to tell a black guy that they weren't racist. <laughs> but trust me, they were much like any other kid in the world who were disenfranchised, who were trying to look for a direction to go that way. And that's what I loved about this movie was what what path are you going to be on? And so, that pretty much proves this movie is just amazing. So I see Rotten Tomatoes seventy six percent with critics. Audience 66%, not too shabby. Uh, did we hit all the major points on this film here, Paul? I know you said big uh, yeah, underlying yeah, message. Yeah, I think yeah, you already kind of touched on most of them. I here. mean, I, I, I really dug the movie. I thought this was a great recommendation. I really loved it. Yeah. I mean, this and, this was just a yeah. terrific movie. The, the ending of this movie is fantastic. Yeah. Really huge ending. Real, real powerful. Definitely, definitely felt. You know, just very emotional. I thought they absolutely let, nailed the ending. Let this be a lesson to you mainstream movies. Do what these people did. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, you could watch it on Tubi, free on Tubi. So yes. there you go. All right, Victor, it's time for your action figure showcase. I saw you walk in with a huge box. Yes. So <laughs> I, I, I think you kind of, I'm like, oh, Victor has a huge action figure for us today. So what's the action figure of the week? Well, since we're talking about dark and somber and very, very dark kind of gritty movies, I I thought what better way to give it some darkness with, of course, Gargoyles, because I mean, I I love love Gargoyles, so this, this is Goliath. He's, That's the main iconic gargoyle, yeah, yes. right? Or the leader. So, who is, who's the voice of him again? Is voiced by the always incredible charismatic Mr. Keith David, who oh. has who literally has the oh, voice. Wasn't he like Sandman or something? Or no, no he uh, was he was Spawn in the animated uh, Spawn uh, television series that ran for three seasons, which was incredibly. Who better to be him than? But he, Keith he's David. he's an actor in like real movies too. Yes, he was. Uh, well, he, give, he, give me a movie. I'm trying to put a face oh, to it. So he, oh, yeah, he, he was in. So he was in Friday. So next Friday he was in. He played uh, a gang or a boss mob boss kind of guy uh, who was threatening he uh, was in Requiem for a Dream yeah yeah he was Voiced in Requiem, a lot of yes, major video games okay. very, Saints yep. Row leader he, of the Saints yes <laughs> he was in Requiem for a Dream it was in Next Friday he was he was in a lot he was in Princess and the Frog he voiced a ton of stuff very yes. prolific I know yeah. it's pretty honey but I didn't take it off for air yeah exactly and he's he's very he's very <laughs> <laughs> sorry Victor tell us about this action figure here what, what line is this from Um, this is from NECA and NECA of course does incredibly amazing 
artwork, yeah, as you work. can see. And I mean, they did just like they did in the cartoon. I mean, this was just as beautiful as I, I could hope, like, I was a little kid when I first watched Gargoyles. It was one of my favorite cartoons when I was growing up. Same. And um, I was just looking oh at 94 God. to 97 was its original run. Did, yes. Do you, anyone know if it's on a streaming service? I could look it, it up is, right now. It is on or, Disney. It is on Disney Plus. Disney it Plus? Was, okay. Yep, it was owned by Disney, and uh, they did such an incredible job with, with this series and, and the way that they uh, – so to give you a quick synopsis of this of the show, um, these gargoyles were uh, a part of Scotland, and these Scotland knights, of course, were at war, and these gargoyles – Gargoyles would be there, so they would these statues like they always have been for many years. But when the sun went down, they were meant to protect the castle of a Scotland uh, king and queen at that time, or in this case, a queen. Um, and so, after the like I said, when the sun went down, these guys came to life and they were to protect the castle at all times. And these guys and other you know knights would be afraid of them. And of course, uh, because of a mischievous uh, magician who was just a bastard of a character, he of course made a deal with these Scotland uh, knights who were facing these other Scotland knights to kill them when the sun went down and so Goliath and his uh, half of his brethren were killed by them one stone uh, and so he was just angry and yelling as you can see on his face he's just angry you know that his half of his brethren were killed and you know he was they were they were there to protect the knights and so for many years they had stayed where they were and then now you know Past that, you know, many years later, they're in Manhattan, and, you know, the spell is broken, and they can live again amongst humans. Uh, so they are afraid of them, but they are there to protect yeah, so, I, yeah. I love that they were, you know, stone during the day. Yeah. You know, stone, you know, stone, like, Greco-Roman ar- architecture. And yeah. then they, you know, came alive at night, like, their own, uh, you know, Batman, version of Batman for, yeah. for this universe. And I thought that when that show first hit in 1994, yes. uh, you know, I was 11 at that time. Yes. And so I was kind of at that age where I'm like, Oh, am I, ge- am I getting too old for cartoons no. or, you no. know, I, I, it's, it's time to move past, you know, the, the fun Saturday morning lineup or like the early kids lineup. And, but you no, know, that kind of helped keep, you know, that felt like a, if I remember right, maybe Paul can vouch for me too, that I remember it first airing on, cause if this is on Disney plus, I think they acquired it from Fox. I remember no, it being this on was, Fox. No, this was, a, this was a Disney production. This so this Disney was, production. yeah. Okay. So this was not, not Fox by any means. So like, I, I thought maybe they acquired it from Fox. Maybe no, when they got all the Fox was, acquisition. No, this was Disney all the way, and this was when at the time in the '90s when they were getting edgier with their with their cartoons, and just like Batman the animated series. I guess they I were always making, Paul. Do you remember airing on Fox at all? I guess that's what I'm thinking. Gargoyles. Like you're, you're probably thinking Batman and the animated series. I know. Yeah, I know was, Batman was Fox. Yeah, but for some reason, I guess I always thought Gargoyles was. I mean, it's, it's a dumb little. Well, yeah, I mean, it was sun, Sunday morning cartoons. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, they I, were, I would think Fox. No, yeah. this was Disney. This was all Disney, and this was Disney, not Fox but Disney at all. Didn't, did his, Disney didn't just have its own channel back in the 90s. Well, I mean, they had the, Disney the thing, Channel, but the, it was like more harder access back in the 90s. The, yeah. Well, the, the thing was is that Brita Vista, which is a Disney... Company. Yeah. yeah, this was a Disney company under Disney. It was Disney. on Channel 12. Yeah. Channel these, 12, okay. <laughs> these, <laughs> the, the, this was owned by Disney, and of course, when at that time in the 90s, as you know, I'm a 90s kid, man, so the 90s were gritty. So like Batman, the animated series, Gargoyles, you know, they were getting dark with their material and more serious with their subject matter. These were for kids, but they were touching on a lot of dark subject matter that I, was kind I of I thought it was like nice. I felt as a kid, you know, this, this feels like a cool big kid show. That's what I felt yeah. like at the 
the time, being the right age for it. Actually. Yeah, because the demographic was changing, and they wanted dark, so it's like, well, here you go. And this was just in your face. And, of oh, course, man. the beautifully voiced yeah. charismatic of Keith David yeah. to voice Goliath. And, of course, yeah, he does I, great voice work. Yeah. Well, I love what he had said because uh, I remember in one episode they had locked Goliath away. And um, this guy was messing with him. And Goliath, being the refined you know, gentleman that he is, uh, of course, he was saying that he was whining. He's like, gargoyles do not whine. They roar. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Keith David having this deep, very like James Earl Jones, very somber, you know, roar than his voice. It's just it's so it was so beautifully done. And very, I, I don't know anybody picture, else. Besides very, very this, cool. So. So is that your uh, main action figure for this week, then? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have another one, but it's not finished yet, so I'm still working on it. And there we go, sneak peek for next week, yeah, or so two ho- weeks out. Yeah, mm. so hopefully I'll, I will show it to you, and I'll say this, it will be another dark, you know, entry into it this. It was on ABC. So. Oh, ABC, there yeah. we go. Which is a Disney, which is a Disney. I guess, yeah, yes. Disney company. Yeah, there you go. Boom. All right, so next up, we are going to cover our uh, upcoming uh theatrical and streaming releases for i guess i got last week and this coming week here since we're now every other week here so i'm gonna got six or seven well i guess six because we already kind of covered spider-man across the universe so that opened in theaters last friday so no need to go through that again and i guess we'll say two transformers rise of the beasts uh we kind of gave through it in the summer preview but just uh uh, reemphasize it here. It says this installment of the franchise takes audience on a '90s globe-trotting adventure with the Autobots and introduce a whole new breed of Transformer, the Maximals, to the existing battle on Earth between Autobots and Decepticons. So mm-hmm. there you go in theaters this Friday. I'm so excited. Not Michael Bay. <laughs> I'm so excited. So there you go. Uh, I may hold off for a while. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I just got bad memories of the Michael Bay ones. This <laughs> is this is not going to be like so. Th- to give you guys a quick synopsis about it, Bumblebee and this are not in thought, connection with any both, of those. I thought Bumblebee ones. was actually okay. Yes, they were great movies. They're just not affiliated with Michael Bay. I know Michael Bay did ruin the franchise, but I still, like I said, the fact that Peter Cullen, who you all may have known, is not only the voice of Mr. Optimus Prime, but he was the voice of Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh and many other animated features Wait, and series. So does this... Is this a, a completely new director, yes. even from yes. like yes. Any, these are, any of them? Yes, this is a completely new direction, I, new I, director. I, I could tell because when I looked at the previews, I'm excited yeah. to see this. I think yeah. that he's actually going to do it right because yeah. I saw the references to the Transformers animated yeah. movie. Yeah. And I mean, I was even watching a trailer and I looked at my kid and I was like, that's Mirage. Yeah. And all of a sudden he pops up and he's like, I'm Mirage. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. you, you right. nailed it, dude. He, he you nailed it. Here yeah. will be the deciding factor. If, if I could see by like, say come Saturday or Sunday, if the Rotten Tomatoes is sitting at say at least an 80%, no. at least on no, the no, critic, no. the Please critic, please don't follow that. No, no, yeah, I'm I saying on the, on the critic <laughs> side, not the audience side, the no, critic the side. Criti- sorry. Critics, you don't know anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I got to say this because it's true. Critics know nothing. This is the 99 percentile of many people who said happy Gilmore. And I go back to this because it's true. They said Happy Gilmore was the worst comedy of the year. Do you know how much that movie made? Over a billion dollars. Happy Madison is still considered by many to be one of the greatest production companies that Adam Sandler is still at. So Victor, you all can I suck love, it. Victor, I love your passion, sorry, you but your logic it. is hugely flawed. You the, can the, suck the, it. Okay, the, many, the many Transformer movies we just dished, uh, dished out, dished heat out um, by Michael Bay, they were also some of the best grossing movies of the year, yes, too. Yes, because so. they made money. Okay. That's I'll, the only I'll reason why I give I'll make a bet. I'll make a bet. 
Okay? I'll make a bet with Dale, not with you. (laughs) So it comes out next Friday, right? This Friday. This Friday. I guess technically tonight, the early first night showing. So it's it's Thursday in this case. We'll pay for your movie. We'll go to the movie. And if you don't like it, you're off the hook. But if you do like it, you got to pay for your ticket and buy me a drink after okay. the movie. I, I have some major projects. I got to make sure I wrapped up before the screening. If I'm I wrapped did. up with those projects before the movie, then I think it's sure. going to be fantastic. I, I honestly do. I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, they, they brought the Maximals out, which is a, just a beautifully, if you haven't seen Beast Wars did, when you were Creed, young. The guy did Creed. I mean, Creed's yeah, Creed a good, 2 it, is yeah, the director for this one. That's a good movie. So, I mean, yeah, I like Creed 2. Yeah. I mean, Shade, yeah. like I said, I just think critics, you can all suck it. So I mean, I, the only you know we are all being movie this. critics on the show, right, Victor? Yeah, yes, but see, here's, <laughs> the, here's the thing. Skeptical about critics this, that though, actually that... know movies. Critics that actually know movies. Like, that's why Siskel and Eber still consider the greatest critics. Why? Because they actually watched the movie. 99% of critics nowadays, as well as back then, did not watch the movie. They just said, oh, I sat in my mom's basement and it sucked. Okay. Well, no, I was going to say, the only thing that I think that might be confusing to me, I mean, it looked super cool in the trailers, but when they came out with the Beast Wars for Transformers, yeah. I was just like, okay, that's kind of dumb. I was but ready for it. it. But it, when they, I saw the trailer and they got the Gorilla tran- uh, Optimus Prime, I'm like, they actually made that look pretty badass. That's Optimus Primal, man. Like, that's cool. I was like, are you kidding me? Optimus Prime meeting Optimus Primal. Are you freaking serious right now? Let's go. Yeah, that's going to be a badass. Yes. So, well, Victor, I love your I love your passion and all that. But some of the stuff I'm with you, some of the stuff, and you know, I hate to say I'm not with you, but you know, you know, no different different strokes for everyone. We will fair see enough, how this pans enough. out over the weeks. Uh, real quick, we'll go through these other ones here. Being Mary Tyler Moore, new TV on either on HBO or our streaming on Max documentary about the life and career of Mary Tyler Moore. I actually heard really good things about this documentary. She was so hot. She, uh, was very I, she, she was a very beautiful woman. Did a bunch that, of landmark performances over the years. That's oh, lit- Rob. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> if you all don't know who Mary Tyler Moore is, that woman set the stage for all great sitcoms to follow under back in the day, and also did a lot of big prestige work too. Yes, Ordinary People, fantastic. Yes, yeah. and if they, you they remade Dick Van Dyke in color, and it was—I I just couldn't even watch it. I was like, this is just weird. I still love Dick Van Dyke. Besides that, even if it wasn't color, I was like. No, still, didn't you didn't you see that they they had a bunch of black and white shows yeah. that they they reproduced yeah. in color like they injected the color somehow yeah and they, I watched it and I was like I, it's you got to watch it in black and yeah, white you can't black, watch it in color it's just weird yeah but see those black and white shows made television what they are nowadays but see now back in the day those back then were landmarks so dick van dyke mary tyler moore betty white and all them those are the reasons why betty white literally she got her first start out in television on mary tyler moore show and she became as big as she is rest in peace betty white because i love her much beloved yeah uh next up we got fubar streaming series on netflix that uh, released a previous week Uh, the big arnold schwarzenegger uh streaming series on netflix where him and his daughter both discover they are secret agents of the cia in this action comedy uh schwarzenegger plays luke bruner a family man who's a owner of a sporting goods store but the job is just a cover because he's actually in spy and then he finds out his daughter is also deep undercover investigating the same crime syndicate so james cameron would be proud <laughs> uh, it's only eight episodes I, it's on my i want to see and catch this just kind of binge it in a in a weekend kind of thing here. i think it looks dumb 
I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just a nut for Schwarzenegger. It seems like he's really dialing back I his work it. the last five years. So Yeah, uh, being governor of California and cheating on your wife kind of goes back to a lot, and you lose money off of a zombie movie that you took no money for. So. I thought Maggie actually got a lot of good feedback. It, it did. Yeah, but I thought, it, like, but, at least but critically. It, oh, it did. Yeah. It did. But it made no movie. Like, like I mean, not movie. What am I saying? Excuse me. It, Box it office. Was, it was so good. It was a very good movie. Both him and Abigail Breslin, they did so amazingly well together. But, it made no money, though. Absolutely no money. Well, no money I, at all. Yeah. No that's, money. That's another story for another day. I think it, if I was like one of those like under the radar indie films that just got a limited release. So yep. that's oh, the it reason did. why again, for the it, low no, box office. No, but it, Are you it talking about no the, money. the Schwarzenegger apocalyptic yeah, movie? zombie movie with yeah. him and Abigail. Yeah, it made yeah, no I, moolah. I, I, heard, I heard it was super boring, it, so I didn't even watch it. It made no moolah. It didn't. But he I know it did, did it, for, it did good critically, though. Like, really good scores. Yes, but let's face it, critically, yes. That's the only because Arnold Schwarzenegger, he brings in box office. But at the same time, that made no money. So I can, I, I can show you if you want. But oh, no, just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a little uh, flummoxed by just completely dismissing a movie just by its box office. Oh, no. It's, <laughs> it it's, sounds it's, like you're dismissing a movie no, because of its box office. No, no, I love this movie. This movie was amazing. It's just the sucky thing is it didn't – I'm just saying it not to diss it, ladies and gentlemen. It's not like you're taking just, joy in no, it, disappointing just, the box office. No, I'm just <laughs> – I'm making a joke at, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger's expense because he, he he's that kind of actor who will take a role just because it. even though this movie did not make any money, it was still a brilliant movie. I loved it. I just I just applaud him for doing that, even though it's it's a jab at his expense. So okay, that's, that's I gotcha. the only reason I'm doing. All right, next up, Idol TV streaming series on HBO and on Max. Uh, I guess this got really a lot of hype, but because it had a lot of big bad behind the scenes rap and production press was covering it over the years. All a lot of big drama behind the scenes, but stars Lily Rose Depp as a pop star named uh, Jacqueline who suffers a breakdown and later seeks the help of an exploitative manager played by The Weeknd. So funny. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. Uh, you heard about it, Victor? Yes. Yep. And I think it's funny that his daughter, of course, is doing this. Which I thought, <laughs> Johnny Dev, man, what what a family he owns. Because <laughs> I mean, his daughter hasn't been in many movies except for one Kevin Smith movie, but that's it. So. Next up, The Days, a streaming series on Netflix, uh, similar format to HBO's uh, Chernobyl. But this is more of a dramatized portrayal of what occurred in Japan in the days after a breach at the Fukushima nuclear power plant and the ensuing aftermath of the 2011 tsunami that hit Japan. And yeah, I do recall yeah, that you know, there was a little bit of a nuclear uh, catastrophe there in Japan because that tsunami has so much big j- j- spiderweb effects of all those other little side effects from what happened. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Actually, uh, I have friends that live in Japan that mm. I've had to message and be like, hey, you alive? Mm. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, are you kicking now, Serge? <laughs> All right, next up, The Boogeyman in theaters came out last Friday, but we have a pair of siblings that are reeling from a parent's death and a desperate therapist, uh, patient uh, of the other parent, unexpectedly shows up at their home and leaves behind a terrifying supernatural entity that preys on families and feeds on the suffering of its victims. I think, Victor, you said you are going to catch us this weekend, if I yeah, remember. Yeah, I didn't. And if anyone who who loves, and I absolutely love this man, Stephen King, man, he's he's the godfather of horror, and just and whether and he terrible does, endings. Well, like I mean, he does a lot of great horror. I mean, but I mean, the fact that he he not only does horror, he did the Shawshank Redemption, he did the Green Mile. So I mean, 
anything in his possession is just gold. So I hope they do this justice. So. All right. So that's our little kind of catching up on a, a week or two there of our upcoming releases there. And uh, I guess we got we got some more plugs and a, a decent amount of quick takes here. I'm looking forward to touching on a big, wide gamut of stuff we all got to talk about here. But before we talk about that, we want to make sure to get some love to the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. Make them your next dinner and a movie destination. Both are located, located inside the River Mall in East Grand Forks. You can either dine inside the movie memorabilia-laden restaurant at the Shire or take that meal to the movie you're attending. Some of this week's featured attractions are Little Mermaid, Fast X, The Machine, Hypnotic, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and like we just mentioned, a couple new releases, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, and The Boogeyman. Uh, so, so you cannot forget about their Tuesday special, $5 movies all day long, and the $5.50 senior matinee special on Wednesdays and Thursdays. For their complete showtimes, check out their website, rivercinema15.com. You can see in the footage behind me, River Cinema has luxury recliners and expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it's owned and operated by the same company that runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, you can find them on morefamilytheaters.com. All right, and some other GFBS plugs going on this week for some other shows. On the Monday GFBS interview, Karma Hansen of Safe Kids Grand Forks was in the studio talking all about upcoming summer safety t- tips to keep your kids safe. Make sure to catch out to get, stay, stay trained and ready for the summer season. And on this Friday's Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema, Icky and the Wizard of Weird, they'll be giving their take on the 2007 David's Fincher crime thriller Zodiac. So, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, tune in for that. Love that movie. But all right, quick takes. What have you guys seen this past week or weekend plans? What what do you guys got going on? Where would you like to take us? Paul, let's start with you. Huh? Quick take. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so I watched that, uh, uh, I think it's the third and last season of Ultraman. Uh, it, was, it was really... Uh, I mean, it had the exact same graphics as Appleseed, you know. So, I mean, this animation has done bef- been done before. But the choreography of the martial arts was really impressive. Mm. I was still upset that I didn't get to see a big Ultraman, though. But they, it, I mean, it was so hard to follow. They just kept introducing new Ultraman. So, yeah. basically, it, it basically became Power Rangers mm. at some point without the big robots mm. and... Nothing ever got big. Yeah. It's really disappointing. Mm. But, I mean, it, it, it was entertaining. And, like I said, just watching the action scenes of, like, how they fight and stuff, it's, it was really good. Mm. So, I'll, get, I'll give you credit for that. Story sucks. Put a good yeah. bow on it, at least, the rat, how it all wrapped up or not really? I'll give it a 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10? Yeah. yeah. Good background noise, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's got good things to it, and it's got dumb things to it. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's... You know, going back to uh, like the Spider-Man movie that we were just talking about, like this animation has been done. These story things have been done. I mean, it's just basically your normal Japanese animation movie at this point. So, I don't know. I mean, and and the climatic ending was kind of cool. But like I said, five out of ten. Um Watch uh, uh, the show called Barbecue Showdown because I like to barbecue. And it was interesting. You know, I thought it was going to be like more of a professional contest. And apparently I watched season two. I didn't even know there was a season one. Hmm. But they made them like barbecue, like over open fires and like weird things like using 
washing machines or you know just some dumb stuff and i'm so it's like huh. I, I just actually wanted to learn how to like make a good barbecue dish huh. not watch this dumb thing and I, I, I don't know reality shows are just kind of ridiculous in general they gotta keep the drama up just to keep people watching they got but, i to. mean the guy that won though i mean you and you can see this is the one thing i'll give it about reality tv mm. you know they're going for fifty thousand mm. dollars and you know the guy that won you can tell that he really you know that that that, that kind of money is life-changing for some people yeah and it's, it's not and for, for him to become the grill champion and get the fifty thousand dollars mm. you know it brings a tear to his eye mm. because he you know he tries so hard mm. but at the same time the show is stupid yeah <laughs> you tell him it meant <laughs> a lot to that person <laughs> but the same time, stupid. <laughs> oh and the and the judges they're uh they're awful to listen to <laughs> absolutely awful well it's not like gordon ramsay like he takes pride and he's it, he's gonna let you know right now you're not gonna fuck up in my kitchen yeah. if you do i'm going to throw something at you yeah they say they're experts and everything i don't know i'd i'd have to taste the food i guess and then <laughs> lastly i tried again last night and i think i fell asleep with like 10 minutes left oh no but i rented the pope's exorcist ah I would not recommend this movie to it wasn't anybody. Super, it wasn't it's super not. Bad. It is terrible. It was not. Russell Crowe's acting is terrible. The kid trying to be a demon, like in the Exorcist movie, is terrible. It was the story that bad. is terrible. There's, I can't think of one good thing about this movie oh, that no. would wait, that would make me want to watch it again. I'm gonna watch it tonight because I gotta finish it, <laughs> but. I, set, I would I would not recommend the Pope's Exorcist. The, the the set pieces were very beautifully done. So you'll see in the in the movie when they go down the well. You tell me that that ain't cool. Where they have a wall of skeletons, like like literally, they have a wall of skulls that had been there for years. And I'd always wanted to, if I ever had a big budget, I would just do just a wall of skulls and that'd be so cool. But that's just me. I, I liked this movie. I liked Russell Crowe's acting. I mean, he hadn't been in a movie since Unhinged. So all, all, all he reminded me of was the same way that he acted in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen where you're supposed to be Mr. Hyde. He, he played the same character, except this time he had red eyes and he was trying to be possessed. But it was the same. It did work for you, but did work for Victor, maybe. I mean, in, in the sense that, because uh, the guy who did play in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, was, which was not a bad movie, mind you, it's based on a comic book. Um, but the funny thing That's was... debatable. Which is, what, well, what do you expect? You're not going to get a lot out, you're not going to get a lot out of people with telling the story of literary characters and saying, this is a group of literary characters. They're here to stop a madman from trying to destroy the world. Quotes on it? Probably not. I don't know. Okay. A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is stupid good. I'll, I'll, put, I'll give it that. I'll give it that label. And Stu- the, stupid good. And the fact that it was Sean Connery's last film yeah. before he just was done completely. Really? That was his last film? Yeah. He, he, after that, he won. He, he did a couple other like minor projects, but for the most part, doing regular full-time yeah. film acting, that was it. Yeah, so like, after, was after com- making that film, he didn't like off himself, did he? No. He, no. He, <laughs> the, the, no, he, the just, actual, he just passed away like the, a year or two ago. Yeah. Okay. The, the actual... So the, I was thinking of Bab- uh, oh, what was it, Babylon. Oh, or he's just like, is, is this movie junk? 
Yeah, that's junk. All right, I'll do it. Oh. As a favor. Oh, yeah, Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. Oh, man. Still a great movie. People didn't understand it, which was very shameful of them. Go Damien Chazelle. Yeah, I like Babylon. Yeah, that was good. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll go through mine here real quick before throwing to you, Victor. Um, uh, and you'll still keep me up with the crazy adventures of bees and butthead. Hey, they get to find. They accidentally got themselves vasectomies, or they do, or do they? I'll leave a little twist for you there. But uh, and then they build up to the big old traditional. Uh, the, I'm surprised they went this long without doing this equivalent of an episode. But the old 3 p.m. after school, you pissed me off. Meet me by the flagpole for a gym fight, or but for a bully fight, or whatever. And oh boy. and and butthead trains Beavis in the arts of bully fighting. And yeah, you can imagine how that goes. But yeah. Well, just dumb, fun, guilty pleasure. Um, then you can, the more that you talk about this show, yeah. I, 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 I keep thinking, you know what? Maybe I should just watch it. And then they're all just so short. It's, they're it's all funny. Sh- they're all like it's all 20 just minutes. nothing but no. just stupidity at and its best. Usually <laughs> I have it going on in the background or on my, or on my break and my other job. And uh, it's just, yeah, it, it's so easy to go th- just, 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 just dumb junk, junk, junk food shoots. TV show. I so. just, I wish, to, I love Daria in that show just because she makes them look like more idiots you know, I, than they are. I don't think she's are. been back on this new, this new that, Paramount Plus series. That, that's why I was like so disappointed because I was like, I hoped he put Daria back in there, but she, Daria hasn't been seen but, in but, any of them. They did so. bring back the evil Mr. Anderson neighbor. Where, I, I knew and they And that. they did a mini short with him, uh, I think twice this season, where they have like little like two minute shorts where it's Mr. Anderson's war stories where he's giving World War Two tales and they just I always confuse um that Mr. Anderson neighbor with the Aqua Teen Hunger Force neighbor. Oh my god. <laughs> oh gosh. Don't tell me what to draw, Jackass. Well and I think it was the Mr. Anderson character that was the like the impetus for the Hank Hill character on King of the Hill, right? I think one one of them was yeah. because his, he, he both are Mike Judge yeah, projects. Yeah, because yeah. he and he voiced uh, to be uh, to voiced both characters. Yeah, he yeah. voiced all the well, he voiced uh, Hank Hill, of course, and of course he voiced uh, his character in Boys and Butthead as well. You so know, you know, I, I, honestly, I, I got to give a, a shout out to the genius behind the you know the people like Beavis and Butthead, but like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, I mean, you got a shake, you have a thing of fries yeah. and you have a meatball yeah which is so stupid yeah but people were so engaged with it because their dialogue yeah was so engaging it's and funny yeah, that so it doesn't it, they i mean they could have put a picture of whatever they wanted yeah but the fact that they could come up with that dialogue yeah. and that like camaraderie between everybody yeah. like it was hilarious yeah so i mean it's genius yeah and then i i did see so i was at, i was at the family like little lake cabin there uh, a couple weeks back and in the background i kind of i saw most of it i didn't see all of it but i uh the guillermo del toro's take on pinocchio Ooh. so i i saw most of that and yeah that is definitely not I say it could kind of be a family movie, but it, maybe like big kids family movie. Maybe not little say, kids. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro movies are not kids. Movies. Yeah, but at least compared to your average Guillermo del Toro film, it's it's a bit more younger oriented. Mm. I think that's safe to say. But yeah, that style, that claymation animation is yeah. just fantastic. He yeah. he, you know, we're just talking about being big on the animation for uh, Across the Spider Verse and Into the Spider Verse. This style of claymation in here is just yeah. just unbelievable with what they pull off here and like the the, the, the twists and turns for his take on Pinocchio compared to the animated Pinocchio we grew up with. Uh, Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, and then other than that, I think 
I, I recommended this to Paul since he's, you know, he has a motorcycle. Uh, documentary, it's free on YouTube. It's from about several years ago. It's called Tourist Trophy, Closer to the Edge. It's all about oh. uh, a documentary on the covering the most dangerous uh, race in the world, uh, the oh. Isle of Man, where these people oh. do five races throughout the course of a week on this, that goes across this crazy mountainous terrain of this mountain. And like, today, dudes are insane. Yeah, they to, are insane. Night. It's been going on since 1907, and it averages out to each year. There's been like like 2.3 deaths per year. There's like 200 and some people lost their lives doing this race. That's what that was. The island. That's what that was. Okay, my because my friend he literally talked about it nonstop, yeah. and it was just like he showed me it. It was it was just yeah. nothing but oh, when they good. showed like the motorcycles going by on the still camera yeah. and see on how fast they're actually going. Yeah, and I mean, and they're not on like a track like a no. race. I mean. They hit a bump. They're in the air. Yeah. You know, and they got to take corners. I mean, it's like Formula One with yeah. uh, crotch rockets, yeah. but these guys are going so fast. Yeah. I'm like, you got to be out of your yeah. mind. Yeah. One yeah. missed turn, one little miscue, and you get to talk about potential fatality. The dude I, he I, showed I, me, like, literally, he was dragging. So when he was, because my friend showed me when he literally had to turn a corner and he had to turn this tight corner, this dude was touch just the knee, bro. like this. And oh my gosh, I thought he was going to flip, and literally, that'd be the end of him. I, the, I honestly the, thought that was the, the end of the him. The only thing that I um, did not like about this documentary is that I had to turn it off after about an hour because. I couldn't understand a yeah. word they were saying. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think I texted you a clarification afterwards when you shortly got into it and you were telling me your first thoughts. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to say, you should, you should, watch, you should make sure to put on the subtitles because there are heavy accents in this film. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know how they communicate over there. I mean, yeah. these guys are just... I can't even attempt. Well, Cockney, yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's my, my quick takes. Victor, we'll wrap it up with yours. Um, pretty much just I can't wait for Comic Con. I'm very excited to just get out there and help my fellow Comic Coners. Uh, Grand Forks Comic Con, few yep, months out. Yep, and I just can't wait to go there and just just nerd out as I usually always do. Eh? Well, I nerd out on here all the time, but it's like I said, I get to nerd out even more over there. So I, I'm really excited for that. Um, I rewatched a lot of very old uh, superhero movies like Blade and Blade 2. And just want a streaming binge or actual physical copies? Um, these are physical copies nice. just because, I mean... Old school. What they, what they had done with those movies, especially like Ninja Turtles and uh, especially the X-Men movies back in the early 2000s, like they just... They really took what they were doing seriously. And these were... And mind you, ladies and gentlemen, these were gritty projects and, and the fact that they were able to go that extreme with it I applaud them very much, especially in Blade. And I hope Mahershala Ali, I mean, you, you better bring your A game, boy, because what they did in the second one, shout out to Guillermo del Toro, because, my God, the fact that he had Reapers and these vampires, they weren't like the original vampires. These were vampires, guys, that when they opened their jaws, their jaws would be like this. And they would literally eat you alive. They were like ghouls. They had no hair. They basically, like I said, they were ghouls. And they would eat you. They were like crack addicts. And when they can't get their fix, they'll fixate on something else. Mainly vampires. So, Very, very cool. Any other quick takes for the week? No. Otherwise, uh, I can't wait to see uh, Transformers uh, Rise of the Beast. I know it's going to kick ass. Uh, and I know... Pa- yeah, Faith. <laughs> yes. And I know Paul and you made a bet. 
which I'm surprised that, of course, you know, and I didn't, of course, I didn't need to be a part of the bit just because I knew that in my heart of hearts, I believe in movies. I don't believe in critics. And mind you, critics, yes, we are critics, but the difference between the critics who watch movies, actually, and the critics who don't watch the movies, that's what I'm talking about. And you people are the Victor, critics. Victor, I just got one quick follow-up. When you, for each of the five Michael Bay movies, for each one you went into, yes. did you go in, I believe in movies, this one's going to be good? I, so this is what I did. When I went into those movies, I believed in the franchise, not Michael Bay. I loved Michael Bay. He's a great director. If he would stop making those damn Transformers movies. Hopefully it seems stick, it is now. Yeah, and stick. The only reason he is considered a bad filmmaker is because he keeps touching on the alien terrestrial trope. Not that there's anything wrong with that. As Martin Scorsese touches on gangster genre, as they say, stick to what you know. And he does. But you do it way too much, dude. If It's fine if you do it with one movie that she did, which she did very good. He did it good with The Rock. He did it good with uh, The Island, which was very good. Those were two beautifully made action movies. Very good. Transformers, Ninja Turtles, you don't... Transformers, yes. There's an alien, you know... Productivity for that. Trans, uh, Ninja Turtles, no. You didn't need to do that. And that's why if he just stopped with the whole alien aspect, just you would be just fine. Otherwise... Good friends uh, of the Beatles would say, hey, Michael Bay, just let it be. Yeah, just let all you can do, yeah. I mean, I, I give the man credit where credit is due. He, does, he doesn't do movies for the story or anything. He does it to make money. And the man made a billion dollars. I give him props for that. Make that bang, bro. I give all right. It. Well, anything else, Victor, before we wrap up? No, that's it. All I'm, right. We want to give many thanks again to today's sponsors, Churchill Shoes, Oh for Heaven's Cakes, and the River Cinema 15, and the Shire Bar and Grill. We welcome you to join us live for all future episodes on our new summer schedule every other Thursday at 1 p.m. And you can find our shows on gfbestsource.com or just search GFBS on your favorite social media or podcast apps and you can listen to them on demand. Also, help support GFBS by hitting that donate link on the top of the gfbestsource.com website or leave us a five-star review on Google or your favorite podcast app. And many thanks for having us part of your day. And with that, many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. You know I love you. And, of course, like I said, we always bring it no matter what schedule we're on. That's right. Every other Thursday. Many thanks to producer Paul. Yes. There he is. Woo, in spirit. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all on our new time two weeks from today on Thursday at 1 p.m. Goodbye.